What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Scuttlebutt Show. Max here. Want to say what's up to everybody in the chat? Ika, Chip, Ed, Chris, Sam, Alex, everybody, Eviana, Big Fish, Nuggets. Welcome, everybody. It's going to be a crazy episode today. Uh, we have a lot to go over, including... You guys might notice I'm wearing a new shirt. We've got a merch drop today. This is the Midrat shirt. Uh, just came in. It's available now at scuttlebuttshow.com. We're going to talk more about it in a minute, but check it out. I'll show you guys a better view of it here in a minute, but the Midrat shirt, brand new merch drop is in. I hope you guys are excited about that. We have uh, some crazy stories today, some sad stories today. Let me hit you guys a little bit about yesterday. About yesterday, so you might have noticed, you might have seen already that uh, all the live streams are now down from the channel, like I said that they were going to be. Um, they are no longer public available. I'm working on getting them available for members and patrons with links to all of the episodes, but they are, uh, as of right now, you can't go back and rewatch old lives on YouTube. They're on podcast, um, and that's going to continue to be the case. So you guys just, so you guys know about all that, uh, for everybody asking how I'm feeling, I'm feeling better every day. I'm, I've been working out everything, um, doing great. So thank you very much. We're also working on a t-shirt by request for the, uh, as a, as a way to fundraise for the Marines sailor and soldier killed in Afghanistan. Uh, I'm going to be putting something together today or tomorrow. Um, I've been working on it a little bit. And so when that's out this week, I'll post for that too. And if you guys buy that, I'm going to donate a hundred percent or something, 50% to of all the pro profits from that to a charity to, uh, support the, support the troops who are, who are injured and killed. So only thing better than mid rats is landing at zero 300 and getting fresh cookies in the bakery from the bakery girls. Yeah. So Midrats is a meal in the middle of the night for sailors. Uh, it is the the graveyard shift dinner. It is a combination. That's why there's a hot dog, a sandwich, onion rings, and a chicken wing on this shirt because it is a hodgepodge of all the rest of the food that was made that week. The best Midrats meal I ever had was a green liquid with chicken bones in it, and that was it. And uh, and I realized that Midrats was is the most desperate meal in the Navy. So I, want, I had to make a shirt commemorating it. So... Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a very special meal, very special event for the Navy. So I had to get a mid-rat shirt going and then a hardworking sailor with a cranial, uh, in the, in the image here. So I can show you guys really quick. This is the mid-rat shirt. This is the, uh, the complete image here of it. So it's available right now. Link in the description. It says mid-rat shirt, or you can just go to the Scuttlebutt Show website. For the hardest of workers on board the mightiest of ships, only one meal will do. Mid-rats. Made up of the week's worst leftovers, this subpar, non-nutritious meal is just enough to keep you going, along with the coffee that you chipped off the bottom of the pot with a needle gun. Keep on keeping on, shipmates. Get your mid-rat shirt today. So the mid-rat shirt is officially up for you guys, and you can go check that out. It's linked in the description. Enjoy. Shop away. Um, that means I would be able to rewatch the previous live streams as a member. Wow, wow, wanna makes me makes me want to be a member even more. Hell yeah. Sometimes they leave food on the floor deck for Marines that are lost on the ship. Yep, like a trail of breadcrumbs. Um, let's see, just got uh, Euro yesterday. Nice. It's up, man. I mean, what are you talking about? Yeah, sad regarding those sailors that weren't found. Rest in paradise to the fallen. Did we ever recover the UN Kevlar? No, it's gone permanently. For those who are watching the Escape from Tarkov stream last week, that uh, made me go totally insane. It is This shirt, by the way, is inspired by the band Misfits and the Misfits t-shirt. As you, I'm sure some of you guys have already uh, keenly noticed, my keen listeners out there. We have a show today, um, including that uh, some updates on Stu Scheller, who said, 
uh, some new comments. The comments that I've been getting on those on my video have been so crazy, uh, so out of control. Somebody called me a sailor boy today, and it just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart because those same people are burying Stu Scheller, burying him. Every comment, everything that pushes him to do even more and more crazy stuff is just destroying his his livelihood, his life over here. I mean, I know he doesn't need my sympathy. He doesn't need my sympathy. He doesn't care. And the people out there hate me. They hate me for saying anything negative about him. But uh, the truth is he's going to just be the next Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer. That's my guess. So here, let me give you guys a quick update on Stu Scheller before we get into some of the more serious stories we have to talk about today. So currently on Facebook, followed by over 100,000 people, Stu Scheller took to the public forum for a Labor Day message. By the way, happy Labor Day to you guys out there. Everybody, I hope, enjoying the long weekend in a thoughtful, meaningful way. He says, to the people who stand with me, I have been advised not to make any further statements by all my lawyers, family, and friends, and the teams of people trying to push me into different directions following my military career. I also said I would be take the next week off, and it's only been three days, but tomorrow is Labor Day, the day we celebrate the hard hat wearing, time card punching, hungover, but still gets up and goes to work hero. And I just couldn't resist the opportunity to celebrate that hero with some sentiments that I think belong to the entire labor force. And he goes on to talk about the labor force, about the division in America, about how the news wants us to hate each other. And then he says down here, a very poignant uh, note here, how many general officers and high ranking OSD employees get jobs with Lockheed Martin, Boeing, General Dynamics, Raytheon, Halliburton, and Northrop Grunman? I dare you to publish that stat. Do you think we're all stupid? So he's got a point about uh, the the good old boy system of military contracting and fraud, waste, and abuse, which is a major problem that I talk about on this show regularly. You guys hear me talking about it. So, you know, if you look down here at the comments, a lot of grandmas, a lot of uh, people telling them that, G you know, he's Jesus's last hope for America and stuff like that. So good luck to Stu Scheller. We're going to continue to follow along with him and see, because I made my prediction and we're going to see how that shakes out if I'm right, wrong or somewhere in between. Um, what's up, John? Everybody in the chat. Alex, hope you haven't been losing sleep over it. The uh, Escape from Tarkov or the comments on there. Escape from Tarkov has been keeping me up at night. If they carried them, yes, that would be nice. Man, you know you can't control those comments. People suck. The comments don't bother me. It's just that I know that they don't. I know, I know that the people commenting on them, they don't really care the way that they say they do. Take down the system? No. I'm enjoying my Labor Day weekend at my own home in Tennessee. What's up, John? I hope you're having a good time in Tennessee. I love Tennessee. What a great state. Home of the Jack Daniels Distillery and Nashville, one of the greatest cities in America. I'm sorry, Max. I will take my grandma's Facebook account away now. Ica says, nice. Ica, what is up? Great to see you in the chat with that special icon next to your name because you're a member. And as you guys know, memberships are available. You just click that join button below this video, become a member, click Patreon down in the description down below, become an elite tier patron, get a free t-shirt on your second month of membership. We're going to be sending out t-shirts in September now. So the new September patrons will be getting their shirts. Kay Taylor, Grandma Simping, ha ha, ha ha ha. I like that very much. I am laughing and I just read your comment, which made me uh, sound like ridiculously silly when I read ha 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 like that. Very good. Grandma is simping for, uh, for Stu Scheller. That's a hundred percent true. So we have to get serious for a minute here and talk about the helo crash off the USS Abraham Lincoln last week. Those sailors that were missing have been declared deceased. The 
rescue efforts have become recovery efforts, and the Navy has identified them. So we have that here for the first story of today. Navy identifies five sailors killed in helicopter crash. The U.S. Navy on Sunday released the name of five helicopter Sea Combat Squadron 8 crew members who died Tuesday when their helicopter crashed into the sea. It does say that they're HSC 8 crew members, but two of them are hospital corpsmen. Uh, Ignore this picture here for everyone on YouTube. So the names of the deceased are Lieutenant Bradley Foster, 29 years old from Oakhurst, California. Lieutenant Paul Fridley, 28 years old from Annandale, Virginia. Naval Air Crewman, second class James Buriak from Salem, Virginia, 31 years old. Hospital Corpsman, second class Sarah Burns, 31 from Severna Park, Maryland. And Hospital Corpsman, third class Bailey Tucker, 21 from St. Louis, Missouri. An investigation is still going on. Here's Hospital Corpsman 3rd Class Bailey Tucker up here at the top. The photo you're looking at is Lieutenant Bradley Foster out there with some uh, snow-capped mountains in the background, wherever they're at. The U.S. Navy declared the five missing sailors dead nearly a week after the helicopter crash into the Pacific Ocean, ocean shifting from, rec- uh, from search and rescue to recovery operations. The move followed more than 72 hours of coordinated rescue efforts and nearly three dozen search and rescue flights to look for the wreckage. Also injured on Tuesday were five other sailors who were on board the USS Lincoln at the time when the crash happened. They were in stable condition as of Saturday. An investigation into what caused the crash about 70 miles off the coast of San Diego was ongoing, but the fact that the sailors aboard the carrier were injured raised questions about whether the helicopter or parts of it hit the Lincoln. When helicopters take off and land on the ship, there are ground crews present on the carrier nearby and other people working on deck. So the Navy said that they were doing uh, normal flight operations at the time, which does lead me to wonder how this crash happened. Uh, the, the first things that come to mind are... Um, hydraulic system failures, which could happen on deck, could happen while they're any, at any point in time. But the, the most, the most dangerous near crashes I've seen come from brief intermittent failures of the hydraulic system, like an air bubble in the hydraulic system or something like that. And the aircraft loses tail rotor control, for example, and starts to spin, um, and, and starts to spin down towards the deck. If they had, when they're saying people work on the flight deck, every time a helicopter lands, if they're landing to be on deck for a while, they'll do what's called chalking and chaining the helo. So there might've been people running up to put chains on the helicopter on deck so that if the ship does take a roll or something like that, it won't go overboard or shift forward and aft. Um, if the wheel locks fail, the brakes fail on the thing. And, uh, and then they'll chalk it for the same reason. Chocks are just like um, blocks that go on the front and back of the tires of the aircraft so it doesn't roll if the ship does, you know, take a hard list or pitch and, uh, and brakes fail. So there are, and, and additionally, when I was working in naval aviation, I would be sitting on deck uh, working on a helicopter, actually doing maintenance on a helicopter while the rotors are spinning. So I'll be standing underneath the main rotor, underneath the um, underneath the moving components of it, you know, fixing a wire or replacing a component or something like that. That would be common to do. So they could have been out there troubleshooting something wrong with the aircraft. But then you've got to look at the fact that there are hospital corpsmen on board the aircraft. So the fact that there are hospital corpsmen on board the aircraft leads me to another question, which is, were they HSC-8 personnel or were they ship's company or from some other command? Where were they going to or from at the time um, that would have put them on that aircraft? Because generally, a a 60 Sierra, one of those aircraft, will have two pilots, a 
pilot, a lead pilot and a co-pilot, a crew chief who was a senior air crewman, and then a second crewman. And the fact that one person was rescued and only one air crewman is listed as a fatality makes me suspect that the survivor was the other air crewman, which then I feel terrible for that survivor. I mean, they're, they're lucky to be alive, but then they have to live with the guilt of they were the only survivor when their whole crew perished in the helo crash, which is heavy stuff to have to deal with. And then these, uh, these, these two corpsmen could have been on their way from one ship to another. They could have been departing the ship permanently. They could have been checking onto the ship. They could have been checking onto the ship. There's a phenomenon that occurs with a ship on a flight deck called ground resonance, where the fact that the helicopter is attached to the ship while its rotors are spinning, it's creating its own vibrations. The ship is creating its own vibrations. Somehow those get out of sync and create this, this um, like this, this vibration crisis that spirals into a complete collapse of the aircraft. If you look up helicopter ground resonance on YouTube, you'll see some unbelievable videos of helicopters imploding on themselves because of, uh, out of sync vibrations between the deck of the ship and the helo. And so that's one thing that could have happened. But my guess is, and what I suspect is the cause of a lot of, uh, helicopter crashes is that, um, it was a hydraulic system issue, loss of tail rotor control, loss of, um, of flight control, or it could be human error to a pilot, you know, makes a mistake. Although that seems honestly less likely to me. Those pilots are extraordinarily highly trained and operations over a flight deck are incredibly dangerous, but the, uh, the, 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 the helicopter sounds like it might have been just hovering there or s- hovering just above the deck or on deck when it happened because of the other ship's company sailors or other people on the, on the flight deck of the ship who were injured. It, they could have been hit. It, there's no way they were hit by a rotor. They wouldn't be in stable condition. So I imagine that, you know, this could have been... Um, I don't... I, I, I'm honestly struggling to come up with what it could have been because they could have been carrying some other gear that fell out of the helo or something like that, ditched a load that they were carrying. There's all kinds of different things that it could have been. When the entire investigation comes out, we'll definitely cover it, but I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss. I'm having a hard time coming up with a really good theory on what happened here because it is just a rare, it sounds like a rare accident or mishap, I should say, um, that occurred out there. And then they would have deployed immediately search and rescue efforts, helos. Anytime that there's a flight operations going on on an aircraft carrier. There's a hel- The first aircraft to take off is a helicopter, and that helicopter exists to recover overboard personnel. And so I'm thinking that that helo hit the water and probably sunk so quickly with people on board who couldn't egress or escape. The pilots are ha- have probably the worst chance of getting out in an egress situation because they're trying to consider ditching the aircraft and avoiding other potential damage to nearby ships and personnel. So they're probably most likely to stay on board the helo the longest after it hits the water, uh, trying to do everything that they can to prevent injuries to others and damage to naval equipment. And then the corpsmen probably did not have a ton of egress training, if any at all, I would suspect. They probably didn't have, you know, a clue what to do. And then they probably hit the deck there could have been head injuries, uh, major injuries just from the impact and, you know, gear flying around inside the helo or parts breaking off. And then there, they could have 
you know, been submerged immediately. And if they don't know how to get out, if they don't know how to search for their reference points and egress out of a helicopter, the likelihood of them succumbing and drowning is probably extremely high. And then that crewman, the crew chief, maybe the person who could have been the crew chief here, AW2, Buryak, maybe tried to stay behind and rescue everybody in there and perished himself. And the person who was rescued could have just ended up floating up with a flotation device unconscious or who knows. I mean, I'm just totally going off the top of my head thinking what could have happened here. But the only thing that we do know was that it was a tragedy for naval aviation. I know HSC-8 very well. And uh, and I'm sad for all my shipmates out there at HSC-8, everyone who's been a part of HSC-8 or worked on the seawall down, down there in North Island, Naval Air Station, North Island. Uh, that's a tough loss. I've, I've experienced it. Justin in the chat's experienced it. It's a horrible, horrible loss. So, you know, my thoughts and my heart's with uh, HSC-8, and we'll continue to cover this story and the families and affected sailors and the crew of the Lincoln and everybody. It's a tough day for the Navy when that happens. And then, you know, they're going to continue on with operations. They're going to, they're going to keep launching aircraft and, and doing the mission and going on their scheduled deployments. So they have to keep the fight up mission first sailor always. Um, so they're, they're keeping on out there. So Bravo Zulu to the crew who, and the coast guard and everybody else who helped try to find those people. And they'll eventually, you know, it could be years until they salvage that helo, but they'll eventually get it and, and do a mishap investigation and declare what they determined to be, the cause of the accident, or they won't, they'll say it was undetermined. So we'll see what happens. Um, let's see. How's way, 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 way is great. Thank you very much for asking. Sorry for the families that have to suffer through this. So others may live just in post max. Maybe you can donate all the money for the tribute shirt to the gold star family organization. That's a great idea. Eviana max, you think possible ground resonance? Yeah, we could be the fastest shocks and blocker. Thank you very much, Justin. We, I was always trying out there. They were SAR medical technicians. They were HSCA. Oh, okay, Justin, thanks. Oh, thanks for the heads up. They were SAR medical technicians. Okay. They got their air crew wings. Thank you very much, Justin, for the heads up on that. That's great info to know. Um, so that clears that up. So they were actual HSCA members. Grocery shopper says, when? What's that in regards to? Uh, could have been fuelies on the catwalk as the helo transitions over. What was the weather like that day? Great question. They haven't said. I thought water egress training was mandatory for going on a ship. Sam, definitely is not. It is definitely not. There is no mandatory egress training before going on a ship or before going on a helicopter, only for people who are helicopter crew. They're going to be on helicopters a lot, but anybody can get on a helicopter without any prior training. They give you your, your flotation device. They put you in your seat. They buckle you in and you take that flight. There is no literally zero training to get on a helicopter. Was it a vert rep? Larry says, Vert rep being vertical replenishment where helicopters carry gear from one ship or station to another via the cargo hook that's underneath the helicopter. And it probably, well, Larry, I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know what was going on. Um, it could have been, but I don't know. Uh, they didn't say, they just said it was doing routine operations. Vert rep would make the most sense to me. That's why I was saying they could have ditched a load that they were carrying underneath that could be how other people on the flight deck were injured is if they dropped a pallet or a cargo net or something like that down, um, that could have been it. So Justin, get, Justin will give me a passenger brief, better pay attention. Yep. Very true. The air crew will give you a passenger brief and it's up to you to pay attention. So it's a, uh, it's scary. Flying in helicopters is scary. Army requires combat water survival training to get on a boat. Good. That's good. The only thing that we do in the Navy is in boot camp. You have to be a second class swimmer is what they call it, which means you can swim a hundred meters. You can float. You can, 
use your pants to create a flotation device. Kay Taylor says, we were required to undergo egress training when I was on the Mew in 2012. What was your job? Uh, what, was your, what, was your, uh, what was your job on there? So if you were a Marine, um, I know a lot of Marines do the egress trainer, the dunker. They call it the dunker, where they actually put you inside of the cabin of an aircraft, a, a, a mock-up of the cabin of an aircraft, and they dunk you into a pool, and they teach you how to get out, and they do it blindfolded. They do it in the dark, all this stuff. You do it over and over again so you can eventually find your way out. But for the average sailor, I'm just speaking for an average shipboard sailor, there is no training required to uh, get on a helicopter. You might just get on one one day, and that's it. What's that fun fact? Army has more boats than the Navy. Yeah, I, I hear that, but, you know, I don't know about that. Like, we're talking about very different boats. You know, the Army might have more boats than the Navy, but if you add up the weight of every boat in the Army, it probably is less than one aircraft carrier. I don't know. I just made that up. I'm not a first-class swimmer, but a second-class skydiver, kind of, Nugget says. What's up? Stopping in real quick. What's up, Eric? I rode a 46, nothing but a cranial and PFD. Yep, personal flotation device and a helmet. This is a cranial right here. If you guys are wondering what a cranial is, my sailor on my shirt here is the cranial. I was in a uh, wearing a cranial. I was in the Joint Intel Center, furthest from being in line for a helo ride, signals intelligence. Got it. So, yeah, that's good. The more training, the better. But for an average sailor on the ship, no training required to go on the ship as far as egress goes. And there's no uh, training required for getting on a helicopter. They'll take you on a helicopter. A lot of people go on helicopter rides for fun. A lot of people, like let's say HSC-8, right? For example, HSC-8, that squadron probably gets their people on and off the ship via the helicopter. They probably fly on. A lot of them probably fly on. So they take that first helicopter ride from San Diego out to the ship. That's how they get there in the first place. That's how those helos get on the ship. They fly out there and they bring the crew with them. So, and generally a, a squadron on an aircraft carrier, they'll bring a lot of people. They'll bring almost the entire squadron probably on the ship. So that's a tough day for, for that squadron. They're probably mustering in their squadron spaces and dealing with loss right now um, and getting back to work. So here's another thing I'll say about it about naval aviation from my perspective as a maintainer. Every person who ever did any work on that helicopter, at least for the last several years, is going to be under scrutiny. They're going to be looking at every single piece of maintenance that was done on that helicopter. Every component that was replaced, every person who signed their name, including and especially the junior sailor, the E-2 or E-3, who probably did the final inspection on that helicopter before it was flown. They trust an E-2 or an E-3 to be the last set of eyes guaranteeing the safety of that aircraft before it takes off. It's an incredible responsibility. And when there's an aviation mishap, I can tell you, the first Harry Line Pie with a $5 super chat. Sorry, I'm late. Welcome to the, to the chat, Harry Line Pie. Thank you so much for your incredible support. Uh, you humble me and inspire me and I appreciate you being here and I hope I'm doing a good job for you. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this, when you hear a helicopter went down that you've worked on, the first thing you think is about the crew, but not long after that, you start thinking about the last time you put your hands on that aircraft. You can't help it. You start thinking, did I tighten every screw? Did I leave behind any tool? Did I do the job by the book? Was I careful? Was I attentive? Do I, am I confident that I know what I'm doing as a, as a helicopter mechanic? Did I check that thing thoroughly enough? Did I inspect that compartment? Did I inspect that, 
the torque on that bolt? Did I check that engine well enough? Did it have the right amount of oil in it? Did I make sure, did I do my best work? Because you start thinking, am I responsible for that crash? Is that my fault? Could that be my fault? It is extremely stressful. You're thinking, did I kill my friends? Am I, am I the person who made the mistake that resulted in the death of five of my friends and the in, and injuries of you know several others? That's what's going through the thoughts of so many sailors at HSC 8 right now. And there's an investigation team that goes up higher echelon commands who's going to be looking back at every piece of work, at every piece of work that was done on that thing, interviewing sailors, and and they're probably going to go through and fact check them like, hey, I saw that you did this inspection. Uh, you see step 13 right here? Can you just describe to me what step 13 is? And if you don't know step 13 inside and out, they're going to go, well, it's possible that you missed something here because we saw that the step 13 involves the hydraulic system. The hydraulic system failed. Maybe if you knew how to inspect this, you would have seen that that was wrong and we might put, put this whole thing on you. It's scary stuff. So th this is what that squadron is going to be in the middle of dealing with extreme loss, sadness, and emotion. They're going to be dealing with maintenance issues too. They're going to be dealing with maintenance on all the, then those same people, then that same E2, E3, E5, and, and then the pilots and aircrew have to get in those helicopters, have to go back to work and do it again. They have to go to the next helo and do maintenance. I'll tell you that the, when we lost an air crew, when we lost a crew in 2007, even though I consider myself someone who did really thorough by the book inspections and it meant a, it, I, I cared about it a lot, doing a good job. The next one that I did, I didn't want to move on from any single step. I just wanted to stare at every component for half an hour on the whole helicopter. I was terrified to say it was good to go. It, it shook me up. And I think it shook a lot of people up. This idea that, uh, that, you know, these things, these mishaps, these crashes do happen. And when they do, it changes the way you look at your job. You're a junior sailor. E1s, E2s, E3s are the last people to sign off on those helicopters saying that they're safe to fly. It's incredible. It's scary stuff. And then pilots, highly trained pilots and highly trained air crew. Take your word for it that you're, that you're honorable enough to do the right thing and do a good job and report problems when you see it and ask questions if you're not sure. And then they put their lives in that equipment and they get on board that ship. They, I mean, I'm sorry, they get on board that aircraft and take off and fly around. It's crazy to think about. And that's what they do. That's what they do day after day after day mission after mission, around the world, on ships. It's incredible. Naval aviation, it's a very serious thing. So I'm sorry for HSCA. Justin says their CEO is a real solid leader. Larry says our Hilo Dead OIC told us that the Helos were more dangerous than jets. Yeah, 100%. MC says, C-Max, you're always living the code. Honor, courage, commitment. Means a lot to me. So that's why I've got my Blue Jackets manual right here. Oh, my God chaos over here. Got my blue jackets manual, right? Got to believe. I believe, believe in that stuff. So, all right, guys, 
let's move on from that. I think we, uh, I think we covered it pretty thoroughly for right now. I think I got through all the points that I wanted to make on it. And we've got a bunch more stories today. I wish I could say I was going on to better stuff, but the stories I have today are kind of out of control. Um, what's up, OG? What's up, OG Litness? Welcome to the chat. Robert Mingle, what's up? Nugget says, I'm a pretty paranoid guy. Check to see if the stove's off, doors and knobs locked, and three times check to see if the faucets are off. Can't imagine the paranoia there. Oh, it's real. It's real. What's up, Robert Mingle? So we've got a, a bunch more, some crazy stories today, you guys. We've got... Former army major gets life sentence for killing court martial witness and two others. So he didn't want to go to jail, but uh, this wasn't the way to go about it. So a former army major accused of killing three neighbors to eliminate a witness in a court martial has been sentenced to life in prison, Kentucky's attorney general said. So Christian Richard Martin, the major in question, was being investigated for mishandling classified information and assault on a child and decided that, uh, you know, he didn't really feel like getting kicked out of the army. So he murdered a witness and two others who were in the wrong place at the wrong time to get out of trouble. Well, guess what, Major? You got in quite a bit more trouble for the murder than you did for the penalty that you got from the army, which he ultimately ended up still getting a dishonorable discharge from the army for those original crimes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Christian Richard Martin will not be eligible for parole, according to his statement Thursday from Attorney General Daniel Cameron. The case attracted national attention four years after the 2015 killings when Martin, who was a pilot for American Airlines subsidiary, when he was arrested, was pulled off jet in handcuffs before taking off from the Louisville airport. <sighs> Special Prosecutor Barbara Whaley said during the trial that Martin had motive to kill neighbor Calvin Phillips because he was set to testify in a court-martial that could have ended Martin's Army career. His wife and Dancero, the other victims, were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whaley said a shell casing at the scene was shown to have been fired from a 45 caliber handgun found in a safe in Martin's home across the street and that Martin's dog tags were found in the couple's homes. The defense attorney says there's forensic proof that the bullets did not, that killed the victim did not come from his client's gun and that there were no eyewitnesses, DNA, or fingerprints. He said evidence pointing to his client could have been planted. So there was a defense put up there, which did not matter in the end. He was ultimately discharged from the army anyway and sentenced to 90 days in jail, but he's going to be spending the rest of his life in jail for murder. So not cool. Emma, MC, Emma... Are you okay? Yeah. Blue Jacket Manual check. In the Army, it takes a quality assurance NCO, usually a sergeant, E5, and probably now a corporal to sign off on saying military vehicles are good to go. That's called OCD, Larry says. Shame on that major. Put him in prison. That's exactly what they did. This dude's got to be crazy for sure. Finally, an officer is held to the same standards as enlisted. All you have to do is murder somebody. Emma got to be dead at this rate. <laughs> oh, jeez. All jokes aside, what the actual F? Army has too many crimes in it. I'm surprised I see less crimes in misfitful drunken Frat bros with guns and tax funding USMC. That's a major mistake. Bring back firing squads just for this guy. Nikki MGTV, 18 people in here. What's up? Nikki MGTV just made a 19. Congrats to Nikki MGTV who just had his largest live stream ever with like 150 or more people in it at one time, 160 people. Congrats, Nikki, on all your success. You're going to be at 200,000 subscribers soon. Nikki also just got his silver play button from YouTube for 100,000 subscribers. Just unbelievable success over there. And uh, and the Scuttlebutt Show is what it is today. Thanks uh, in part to Nikki MGTV's mentorship. So thank you very much, Nikki. 
Much appreciated. By the way, Nikki, the Midrat shirts just dropped. Get yours. Nikki hasn't bought anything from my online store. Nikki MGTV has not bought one single piece of merch from the Scuttlebutt Show online store. Just so you guys know, I sent him merch. Paid out of my own pocket. So today, Nikki, I'm challenging you to head to the link in the description down below and pick yourself up a Midrats t-shirt and represent uh, the Navy's most desperate meal. In case Nikki's wondering, we got the shirt pulled up right here. Link in the description. Midrats t-shirt for all the hardworking late night sailors who have to eat the garbage food, the worst food that the Navy has to offer, the leftovers, the junk, the badunkadunk, all that stuff. So, Nikki, go check it out. Linked in the description down below. Kay Taylor says, draw and quarter that dude. I could get behind something like that. Killing an innocent person just because they were going to testify that he, had mis- that he had assaulted a child. Let's not forget that that was the original crime. Assaulted the child. That's, it looks like Misfits, right? Larry, it's inspired by Misfits. That's what I was saying. Inspired by Misfits, but it's a Midrats t-shirt. Huh? See what I did there? You like that? Link in the description down below. 20 likes and Max will do a handstand while singing the national anthem. Oh, somebody asked earlier what the next fitness challenge is. And I need to give you guys an update on the burpee mile. They are not playing ball with me out here in Okinawa for the burpee mile. Um, I'm trying to reserve a location to do it and it's still ongoing. So it's still an ongoing issue. Just so you guys know, it's certainly not something we've given up on, but there's been some logistical problems. And so we're trying to schedule the burpee mile. Maybe uh, what I'll do with you guys is how would you guys like to do some yoga this week? Because I've been doing P90X yoga, which I used to do back in the day in like 2008, 2009, and I'm getting back into it. So how would you guys like to do some yoga? Maybe I'll, I'll give you guys a heads up to get your PT gear out. Maybe after Labor Day weekend is over and everyone needs some exercise to come back from the holiday and, uh, and we can do some yoga together. And we can do our Scuttlebutt Show episode while we're doing yoga. Let's see. I love Firing Squad, Ed says. Midrat's super legit. Firing Squad, that major. Any other challenges coming up? <laughs> Justin, I, I hear you loud and clear. Uh, it's in work. It's in work. I heard Nikki has a secret OnlyFans account. Same content as YouTube, but he drops the occasional cuss word. Oh, man, no ball for the mile. It's coming. It's coming. We're, working, we're still working on it. Is it hot yoga? It will be in Okinawa. Cause it's a uh, hundred degrees outside every day, but no, you don't have to do hot yoga. You can just do regular, regular temperature is fine. 90 minutes though. It's a 90 minute yoga sesh. So prepare yourselves. Everyone get your gear ready. I'm, I'm down dog for that. Oh yeah. There's going to be a lot of downward dog for sure. No question about it. So yeah, stand by. Maybe we'll do that this week. That'd be actually really fun to do. We can go set, I'll go set it up on my roof and, uh, be actually, it'd be really fun. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll try to figure that out. So let's see. What else? Let's see. Did I catch up on all the comments here? Okay, cool. We're caught up on all the comments, which is good. I'm doing Air Force PT right now. What do you mean, Nikki? Like you're literally doing it? Like you're trying to do the walk test like I did with AO Nixo? By the way, guys, have you all... Okay, here we go. Have you guys all seen the video of me doing the Air Force walk test versus AO Nixo? Everyone's seen that, I hope. Because, uh... I had to handle that walk. I had to, I had to win that walk contest. I can't believe that the air force has given up on PT. Truly. You mean walking at a brisk pace? I'm in a chair. Oh, Nikki is sitting in a chair enjoying his labor. I hope you're off work, Nikki. I hope that chair is at your house and you're enjoying a nice day off for labor day. Cause it is Monday out here in Okinawa. You guys, 
It's Monday right now. Nikki MGTV is at home, not buying a shirt from scuttlebuttshow.com and, uh, and probably working on a dope video. I bet that's what he's doing. He's working hard for his incredible audience out there, for all of us. So, <clears throat> walk test. Denelson, what's up, dude? Denelson, walk test? Yes. The uh, Air Force officially this year gave up on running. You now don't have to walk. And, uh, and you can choose to do your PT test in private. You don't even have to do it in public. You can request a private PT test because, uh, because working out in front of people can be too stressful. I saw a video where you mopped the floor with the Marine Corps. Justin, thank you very much. Nikki says, I'll buy a shirt. I love that. I love what I'm hearing right there. Will we meditate before the yoga and the corpse pose after? We will do corpse pose and the meditate, and we will do a namaste and all that stuff. Let's see. Nikki is holding down a sofa, a.k.a. the Air Force PFT test. New Air Force tests will be for breathing at steady rates for 10 minutes. I love this. I love what's happening right now. Please don't stop destroying the Air Force in the comments. Should I expose my stupid former high school classmate with a fake? Uh, I don't know, Ed. Maybe with a real one. Maybe with a real one. We'll be doing Wim Hof as well during the yoga sesh. That would be cool if we could. You guys know I've talked about in the show before. I do my Wim Hof breathing, especially during COVID, when I had COVID. Had to do my Wim Hof breathing to... Uh, you know, open up my lungs and all that. So yeah, we can do some Wim Hof, take work on some uh, cold weather training, some cold water training. Can you also request a private PP test in the Air Force, kind of tolerate drugs? Yeah. Be like the army, a little bit of tolerance, you know, that's uh, that's all our army roles with the drug test, a little bit of tolerance. Oh, by the way, guys, we're having John Cordell back on the show sometime soon. Probably we're looking at next week to talk about beards in the military. We're having a whole episode about beards in the military coming up. You walk fast, just like Captain America in that video. Thank you very much, Ed. Have you seen the Air Force PT, uh, PT of seeing how fast you can eat 10 McDonald's Big Macs? No. Air Force is amazing, unbelievable, is expected from the Air Force. Yeah. Yeah, it is expected. It's expected. And now the Space Force is holding the standard. All right, guys, we got another story we got to get to. Please feel free to keep dropping those comments, by the way. They're, they're more than welcome here on the Scuttlebutt Show. Uh, this next story, how is this not a national news story right now? This next story is seriously disturbing. Disturbing. I didn't get that. Could you try again? I just uh, activated Siri on my watch, I guess. This next story is extremely disturbing. And, uh, and I can't believe it's not like national news. Here we go. Former Marine kills four in Florida gunfight, including a mom still holding her baby. And when they say gunfight, they are not exaggerating here, you guys. We've got four people are dead, including a mother still cradling her now deceased baby after a massive gunfight early Sunday with a former Marine, a Florida sheriff said was the Marine was ready for battle and so aggressive he tried to wrestle a gun from police from his hospital gurney after being captured. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd said 33-year-old Brian Riley appeared to be suffering from mental health issues and had been slowly unraveling for weeks, repeatedly telling his girlfriend he could communicate directly with God. I know that this might stir up a lot of thoughts of gun control in, you, in your guys' minds because they are trying to make those red flag laws where a situation exactly like this, where someone starts to talk about being able to talk to God and 
threaten all these violent acts and and they're armed could be reported to police to prevent something like this from happening i don't want to get that conversation going and get it and split everybody up in the chat but this was something that had some serious warning signs after a gunfight with police and deputies where dozens if not hundreds of rounds were exchanged outside a lakeland home Authorities found an 11-year-old girl shot multiple times, plus three deceased victims, including a 33-year-old mother still holding her three-month-old baby boy and the infant's 62-year-old grandmother who lived at a neighboring home. The three-month-old baby was also fatally shot. Riley, the Marine who served as a sharpshooter in both Iraq and Afghanistan, seemingly targeted the family at random, Judd said, the sheriff said. Preliminary evidence shows a 40-year-old Gleason just happened to be an unlucky stranger out mowing his lawn Saturday night when Riley drove by, saying God told him to stop because Gleason's daughter was going to commit suicide. A second person came to confront Riley, telling him that the story wasn't true and warned they would call the police if he didn't leave. Nine hours later, at 4.30 in the morning, Riley returned to the home, laying out glow sticks to create a path leading to the house to draw officers into an ambush. So he was trying to create a complex ambush here. Oh, my God. By chance, a lieutenant far in the distance heard popping noises and immediately put the agency on active shooter mode, which probably saved a lot of lives. Following the sounds of gunfire, authorities arrived at the home and found Riley's white truck ablaze and an unarmed Riley outside dressed in camouflage. This is like a horror movie. This is like something out of a horror movie. Riley then ran inside where authorities heard another round of gunfire and a woman scream and a baby whimper. They tried to enter, but the front door was barricaded. And by the time they got around to the back where they could get in, Riley had on full body armor, including head and knee coverings and a bulletproof vest. They then started to exchange gunfire in what would have been a close range, terrifying shootout. I mean, with a car burning, people screaming, glow sticks on the ground. This is like, Something out of your nightmares. Everything fell silent, they say, until a helicopter unit alerted authorities on the ground that Riley was coming out. He had been shot once and was ready to surrender. Meanwhile, officers heard cries for help inside, but were unsure whether there were additional shooters and feared the home was booby-trapped, rightfully so. At this point, a brave sergeant rushed in and grabbed an 11-year-old girl who had been shot at least seven times. She told deputies there were three people dead inside, adding that she was rushed into surgery and was expected to survive, which is going to be horrible for her. Deputies sent robots into the home to check for explosives and traps. When it was clear, they found the unidentified mother and baby and Gleason and the family dog all dead from gunshot wounds. The baby's grandmother was also found dead in a home out back. They begged for their lives and I killed them. Anyway, Judd said after he was arrested because he started playing mind games with the detectives trying to get a rile out of them in the hospital before he ultimately attacked them from his hospital bed trying to take the gun of one of the deputies, which they then had to restrain him to his hospital bed, you know, forcefully to stop him from attacking officers. Man, it says here, authorities said Riley's girlfriend of four years, who he also lived with, had been cooperative and was shocked, saying he was never violent but suffered from PTSD and had become increasingly erratic. He'd spent the previous weeks on a mission from God stockpiling supplies for Hurricane Ida victims, including $1,000 worth of cigars. Prior to this morning, this guy was considered a war hero. He fought, fought for his country in Afghanistan and Iraq, said Judd, and this morning he's a cold-blooded killer. Riley had no criminal history, so he didn't even have a history of stuff like this, but he told authorities he was on meth. His vehicle had also been stocked with supplies for a gunfight, including bleeding control kits, so he had medical supplies. He was ready for the long haul here. 
While being treated at the hospital, he attacked and tried to grab an officer's gun. They had to fight with him again in the emergency room. He was ultimately tied down and medicated. He is expected to recover from his gunshot, and he's going to be transferred to jail to face charges, probably lifetime in prison. And the big question for the family and everybody that they have is why we will not know today or maybe ever why this had to happen. We've covered, this reminds me of the Green Beret at the bowling alley in, uh, in what was it, Wisconsin? This is horrible. This is unbelievable. I can't believe that this is not a national news story right now. Um, maybe it will be. Maybe it just needs time to, to, to make the rounds. But this is absolutely shocking that this happened. This, this Marine sounds like, you know, had serious warning signs, serious mental health issues. I wonder if he was getting seen at the VA. I wonder if he had been seeking counseling. I wonder who else possibly saw warning signs. And I wonder what could have been done by just making a phone call. I wonder what if this all could have been prevented and these innocent random victims could still be alive today, including a baby, by just making a phone call. Let's say some comments. Florida, yeah. Drawing quarter twice. Mental illness is no joke. Why did no one care for this dude? His problems were in front of people and yet nothing was done. Somebody should have Baker acted that guy. I have a four-month-old that it's hard to hear. Yeah, Jesus, sounds like something from a film. Air Force models its fitness standards after the Planet Fitness philosophy displays the physical strength highly frowned upon. True. Those officers on scene need therapy for sure. That's going to be horrible for everybody. And, and the survivor, the, the young female survivor. Boobies trap you always. Yep. Red flag law wouldn't have stopped this attack. 2A for everyone. What's up, Alexi Fatty? Um, I feel like red flag logs could have stopped this one. For sure. How did the sheriffs not pummel that man to death? People need to take, people need to care more for mental health. Ah, uh, meth. That'll do it. Yep. If he is on meth, that's a good explanation. If he was on meth, that would be, that would really be a factor. Meth makes people do insane things. Meth makes people extremely dangerous. From F cancer to F PTSD. Heartbreaking. There's a similar video of a Vietnam vet that kills a police officer on camera. Incredibly hard to watch and listen to. I've seen that. Yep. I've seen that. PTSD is real. PTS. Yep. What's up, Lotus? Meth is pure evil and then mix in PTSD and have a violent lethal cocktail. Absolutely tragic. Word on the street. Nikki never bought a shirt and didn't hit the like button. Damn, is that true, Nikki? MGTV? See something, say something. We saw Jesus flying around in Battlefield 4. We ignored him. <laughs> so <clears throat> this, uh, not only is the family destroyed, a whole family is destroyed, a Marine's life is destroyed, but people around him who saw this pattern of behavior have to live with the fact that he, that they didn't report him. A lot of people have to live with this. Um, there's going to be a lot of what ifs, you know, and what it could have, should have moments for sure. I can't imagine there aren't people out there going, uh, oh yeah, I knew that guy was going to do something. I knew that guy was going to snap. He called me the other day and said, Jesus was telling him to buy ammo or something like that. Horrible. Was God talking to him or is it just meth? That's a great question. His partner should have reported straight away as soon as he starts saying he exhausted Jesus. Have you heard of this Marine who's active gang member killed two police officers in Fresno? Was that from like a year ago? We covered something like that on the show. We were there. We covered something like that on the show, if, uh, if that's what you're talking about. We got one more story today. Just as a reminder for everyone who recently jumped in, um, we're going to continue following the Stu Scheller drama, the Stu Scheller phenomenon until, uh, until we kind of see where that's going. It's probably going to take, we'll, we'll keep following it for years if we have to, we're going to be doing, uh, 
a regular scheduled episode all week. We've got a, a normal a normal scheduled show this week, you guys. The brand new Midrat shirt is out. Memberships for the channel are available down below, as well as uh, as Patreon links and scuttlebuttshow.com and all that stuff. And you can get my favorite water bottle. You can get your own at the Amazon link in the description down below and decorate it with a Scuttlebutt Show sticker and let the world know that you uh, are coming, staying hydrated from the Scuttlebutt Show. The local fish wraps are calling him a survivalist. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Imagine you are you arrive on the scene. You're the police. You arrive on the scene. Shots fired, and there's a car on fire, and a guy standing there in camo. I'm picturing him like a ghillie suit, and he's silhouetted against the fire. And there's people screaming in the background. Glow sticks on the ground, baiting you into the house, and that person is in full body armor and runs inside. Oh my gosh. Insane. Insane. Scuttled by a new Vietnam veteran who died recently. I went to his funeral. I miss you, Daryl. I wish you were here. Thanks for sharing that, Lotus. I wonder if his lawyer will pursue insanity defense strategy for sure. I bet they will. Probably some sort of mental health since he bought a massive stockpile, which must have taken a while, and meth high probably wouldn't last long. Max is going to be doing interviews and ghostwriting Stu's book. In 2005? I'm not sure about that one, Ed. There's a great book called On Combat by Lieutenant Colonel Grossman. We had to read it during the infantry officer's course. It talks about PTSD and how good training can prevent it. Okay. I'll have to check that out. The chem lights is what would throw me off the most. Yeah. Imagine like just a soft green glow every six feet or something like that into the house or an orange glow. Crazy, 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 crazy. Sam, I, I do feel like there is an amount of training and an amount of preparation that needs to be done before people go into these traumatic events where they could be less likely to suffer the effects of PTSD from them, kind of trained to deal with stress, to identify symptoms of post-traumatic stress, to know what they're getting themselves into when they go to violent scenes or car accidents, something like that. But that's what people don't have is that preparation. Those glow sticks were trigger lines. Yep. Yeah, they probably were. They probably, I think what Sam's saying is that if, if somebody was standing next to a glow stick, the Marine inside might know that they're 15 feet away, 12 feet away, eight feet away, and they could detonate a booby trap or something like that. Yep. Hell yeah. Grossman is a legend. On Killing is also a good book of his. On Killing. Yes, I have heard of that. I have heard of that. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to go back and, and revisit those and On Killing and On Combat. I'll have to go back and see. Maybe I have read On Killing or seen it or done, read some excerpt from it. That is very familiar. I'll have to go back and check that out. By the way, guys, an update on the book. Uh, first draft is finished. The first draft of the book is finished. I finished it over the weekend. I'm in editing right now and talking to different publishers and seeing what route I want to go. But uh, just to give you an update, accountability check on the book, it's still, it's, uh, it's coming along. Absolutely, Robert, great author. Um, Grossman has some valuable things to share, but he's also kind of a kook. I'll check that out. I've got one more story today. This is the closest thing I could find to a positive story today, unfortunately. So I just want to get your guys' thoughts. Lawmakers are trying to ban dishonorable discharges for troops who were refusing the COVID-19 vaccine. Do you think that that should be the case? What, what discharge do you think troops who refuse to get the COVID-19 vaccine should be facing at worst? What's the worst case scenario? Leave me a comment about that. So in my opinion... I don't think we should be giving dishonorable discharges to veterans who refuse the COVID-19 vaccine. Dishonorable is like child abuse, 
treason, murder, rape, things like that. That's a dishonorable discharge, okay? You could do an administrative discharge. You can do an other, you could do a general discharge under honorable conditions like we saw with the female Marine last week, but nobody should be getting a dishonorable discharge for refusing the COVID-19 vaccine. Absolutely not. And, uh, and I don't know if anybody is facing a dishonorable discharge. Not only do I think that it's inappropriate, but I also think that if you were to give a dishonorable discharge to somebody over the COVID-19 vaccine, the military would be facing major backlash to that and lawsuits and people trying to upgrade their discharges. And it'd probably be more trouble than is worth it for the military. So they would probably benefit actually from giving people honorable or general or admin discharges just because then somebody coming back to, you know, to battle that ruling would have less of a, of a leg to stand on. So it doesn't, it already doesn't make any sense for anybody to get a dishonorable discharge about the vaccine, which kind of leads me to believe that the representative here, Mark Green, who's sponsoring this legislation probably already knows that and is doing this to have, you know, a political victory because I don't actually think anybody was going to get a dishonorable discharge anyway. So Denelson says my unit got until September 1st, until September to show proof of the first dose. Interesting. September 15th. Interesting. House lawmakers have backed legislation prohibiting dishonorable discharges for troops who refused the COVID-19 vaccine as the Navy gave its sailors 90 days to get the shot this week and Army and Air Force were poised Thursday to enforce their own timelines. Mark Green, an Army veteran, requires only honorable discharges for anyone who is separated from the military over refusing to be vaccinated. It was added to the fiscal 2022 defense authorization bill. No American who raises their hand to serve our nation should be punished for making a highly personal medical decision, Green said in a statement after a committee vote. The U.S. FDA fully approved the Pfizer biotech vaccine in August after allowing emergency use beginning in December 2020, saying it is safe and effective for those 16 years and over. So as you guys know, I had the Moderna vaccine both shots like three months ago and I got COVID and got sick and I'm still sick. I mean, I'm not still sick at all, but I still have like a cough and my lungs struggling. So I think that we need to show a lot more grace in regards to this whole FDA COVID vaccine thing. Um, I don't believe a word that any politician says about this, to be honest. If Donald Trump won the election, Democrats would be telling you not to get the vaccine right now. I guarantee, I know it. I know it for a fact because they did it. They were, they were saying that not to get it. Don't trust it. If a, if a Republican was president, the Democrats would be telling you not to get the vaccine. And because Democrats are president or, you know, in, in office, the Republicans are telling you not, get, not to get the vaccine. So it's completely bogus BS. And I think that for people who are caught up in this political drama, who now feel like this is a major personal issue for them, this vaccine, I think it's time to show a little bit of grace to everybody to each other out there and just go, okay, we all just got to keep going together to get through this COVID thing, this COVID pandemic and, uh, and come together and work together and take care of each other. People are getting really sick. People are dying. I saw an otherwise healthy young individual who had just checked into college, got sick, got COVID unvaccinated and died. Um, which is sad. Uh, I got sick. I thought I was going to end up in the hospital myself personally. 
Military.com reported a Marine corporal who said she was discharged for refusing to wear a mask, possibly the first service member to be pushed out of military in connection with COVID-19 rules. That's what we talked about last week, that Marine. According to the Pentagon, roughly 63% of all U.S. forces had received at least one dose or were fully vaccinated against COVID-19 as of August 18th. The House legislation barring dishonorable discharges now must go to a vote in the full chamber. It says, I don't think anybody should be getting a dishonorable discharge over this. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's not, it's not proportionate to the offense. By the way, guys, can we get some more likes on this video before we wrap up for today? We're at 19 right now. I'd love to see 30. If we got 11 people in the chat who haven't liked this video, I would love to see 30 likes before we sign out today. Let's see. Let's see. Grossman saying uh, some larger. Con- uh, I need to go back and check all those. Do you have a recommendation for purification water bottles for hiking? Ooh, I don't, but I can look up for you. Uh, I generally just pack the tablets. My wife and I just generally pack purification tablets, but I know that they do make those water bottles that purify for you. There's some that use light. I saw one that uses light um, recently. Got to get the eval bullet points. General under honorable conditions. A good idea. General discharge under honorable conditions. How about that? Yeah, that's what they gave the Marine last week. We've got, uh, there's a former female Marine who was discharged for refusing to wear a mask. Robert, we covered that story. I have a video on the channel about it right now. My son has both shots. Maybe I heard that story here, actually. Yeah, you probably did. You probably did. Um, Scuttlebutt on a positive note, U.S. military is destroying ISIL in Syria. They have lost pretty much all. Yeah, F ISIS. That's my my position. Too harsh. I'll leave my view at that. Denelson, thumbs up. Where's a good source for current Afghan news? Um... All the, uh, all the military websites, Stars and Stripes, Task and Purpose, Military.com, Military Times have good articles on it, but just following hashtag Afghanistan um, has been a great way to do it. Vice has a lot of great stuff on it. And also, uh, and I hate to say this, but Al Jazeera English has been posting constant updates from there showing the conditions on the ground. I normally, you know, hate to even look, see anything out of Al Jazeera, but uh, Al Jazeera English has been posting tons of current content out of there, and it's not been good. I like to read The Economist every morning. They were covering Afghanistan for a bit. Yeah. So I uh, dishonorable discharge doesn't make any sense to me. I hope that they don't, you know, try to get anybody out that way. I also don't think that this law is even necessary. Um, they should just be, if, if anything, if they're kicking people out at all, it should be just honorable, general under honorable conditions, something like that. It doesn't make any sense to punitively punish people for that. Meanwhile, we've got rapists and murderers and child abusers walking around the army with uh, going scot-free. The Duffel Blog. What do you think of uh, Pan Sheer? I don't know much about it. Uh, I'd have to check it. I'd have to check that out and refresh. I recognize that word, but right now I'm drawing a blank just in this moment on what that is. And we're about to sign out for today's show. So, guys, there probably won't be any gaming today. Uh, as I go out and enjoy the Labor Day weekend with my wife, uh, we're going to go hopefully have a good, fun, enjoy vacation time. Um, but stay tuned for more of that coming soon. Escape from Tarkov, Aliens, and Battlefield and all the other games coming out. It's September now. We're getting close to Battlefield. We should be here in about six days in Fallujah anytime now. I appreciate you guys being here. Midrat shirts available. Description down below. I would love to sell five Midrat shirts today. Five Midrat shirts by the end of the close of business today in... Okinawa. So go get on it, you guys. Use uh, your membership discount code. Use your Patreon discount code if you have it and get yourself a Midrat shirt ASAP. 
I've heard that our military disabled our vehicles before military leave Afghanistan. Yeah, but if you go watch the video on how they did it, I feel like they're probably going to get those vehicles up and running in no time. The anti-Taliban group in northern Afghanistan. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I got it. I got it. I got it. I have been following along with what they're doing. They're putting up a fight. There are people putting up a fight against the Taliban right now in Afghanistan. So we'll, when I have more to report uh, about that, I will. I am following along with that. So the link, uh, the link is down below. Look for Midrat's t-shirt. It's linked in the description down below. And it'll bring you to where you can buy this shirt that I have recently designed and launched uh, at scuttlebuttshow.com. Enjoy the holiday with the missus. Thank you, MC. Thank you, everybody. You guys are the best. I'll be back tomorrow for a brand new Scuttlebutt Show. Same Scuttlebutt Show time, same Scuttlebutt Show place. You guys are the best. I look forward to talking to you all very soon. And until then, that's the Scuttlebutt.